All right, it's the DT difference. It's 30 years experience in the game, DT systems. E-collars we've been using for a while now, but let's quickly talk about their dummy launchers. They got the Super Pro dummy launcher and the remote dummy launcher. It's a great way for you and your dog to get ready for duck season. Loud bangs, make sure your dog's cool with gunfire before you use it. But I want you to add it to your repertoire, bag of tricks, and get you and your dog ready for duck season. It's the Super Pro Dummy Launcher by DT. All right, baby, Gunner Kennels. Man, one of the things that I love about Gunner Kennels is they're thinking about our older hunting buddies. Old Buck, he hangs out in a Gunner Kennel when he goes to and fro. And in his, we've got the ortho pad. He's got the old joints. And, and even if your dog's not old like Buck, you just want a little bit of added protection as you're rolling down the road to keep that dog from bouncing around a little bit. So the ortho pad, super huge. If you got a younger dog that may dig a little bit, maybe chew a little bit, that performance pad is going to be clutch as well. So check it out. It's the full kit brought to you by Gunner Kennels, always innovating our industry and always keeping your dog safe. Sliding the dms if you'd like to learn more about getting you and your dog into a gunner kennel have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog maybe you think your dog's too soft maybe you're too nervous to screw quote unquote screw your dog up let me help you i built a start to finish course with different dogs different breeds and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy jump in links in the description we'd be happy to help you let's go let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season nice uh yeah man fucking lizzie my first qualified all age dog felt good um can you explain to everybody what a qaa is what it means what you had to do yeah I feel like this is a good, yeah. We'll do we'll a Q and A. Yeah, we'll about our Q A A. Q and A about the Q A A. Yeah. What I kind of figured what we would do with this podcast is, um, first off, thank you to everyone from Instagram and Facebook that congratulated us and wished us well, and you know, there's a huge support system of of friends and colleagues and whatnot and, and followers and listeners that track us and you know, want us to be successful. And it means a lot. We, we put a lot of work in to all the dogs from our obedience dogs up to a dog like Lizzie to give the owners, you know, the best that we can make, you know, bring the best out of each dog, you know, whether it's, you know, some of them are capped at a lower grade uh, ceiling and others are, the possibilities are endless. And I'm thankful to the owners who let me play with their dogs and figure it all out and build them. And so thank you to everyone who did wish us luck and did congratulate us. And then a bunch of you said, I can't wait for the recap on the podcast. So this episode is the recap. Um, but first, yeah, Kev, to answer your question, you know, there's a difference between a hunt test and a field trial. A hunt test is what I've been used to for my career, and that's pass and fail. So the judges are looking at each individual dog against a standard set by either AKC or the UKC, and the dogs have to meet or exceed that standard to pass. There's critical faults that'll make you automatically fail. So, for instance, in an AKC master test, if, if you're running a blind and you say back, 
and the dog doesn't go and kind of thinks for a second and you have to say back again and then they go, you're out. If they break in a master test, you're out. If they bobble on a blind in the first series and you kind of get some low scores, the judges most likely are going to let you keep playing to see what else, but you hammered the marks. Like everything else was really good, but you bobbled a blind. They're probably going to let you keep playing to show them that either A, yeah, that was a bobble. And the next two that you ran were bad to the bone. Cool. Or it's going to let you keep playing and go, no, this dog's blinds are no good. And it's not to the master level. Doesn't meet the standards or your marking ability. So it's against the standard. So you can bobble here, you can bobble there. But if your points add up, you're still in. Unless you have one of those critical faults like a break or a no-go on a blind type of thing. In a so it's not necessary. So you're going and, and you're doing this test and you're running all these things with the dog, but it's you against the set of rules. Correct. Me and the dog against the set of rules. To see if your dog can stack up. Right. Not necessarily like there's 20 trainers there. Yep. Nope. We're all rooting for each other. We're all rooting for everybody's dog to pass. And the judges are there to root for the dogs to pass. I mean, they're they're looking to make sure that everybody meets or exceeds the standard, but nobody wants to see a dog fail unless it needed to fail, but nobody's shooting for it. And judges are setting up tests to make sure that the quality of dog that passes is what a true junior, senior, or master hunter should be. A field trial is win or lose. First place, second place, third place, fourth place. And then there are things called jams, which is a judge's award of merit. Basically, a jam is a huge accomplishment, but you didn't place. So it's like you completed, you had to complete the entire trial. So you made it all four series. Your dog did a very nice job. You just didn't get one through four. And so the judges are allowed to award this merit, judges award of merit, a jam to those dogs. They don't have to, but they can. So you got a jam, you got a reserve jam, which again, I don't really know the reserve jam difference between a regular jam, but if there's three jams, a reserve jam would be like your fifth place. So it'd be the closest to fourth and then fourth, third, second, first. And that's also how they award the ribbons. So let's say there's 10 dogs in your that ran the fourth series. They'll go, all right, uh, the jams, you know, Kevin, you got a jam. Steve, you got a jam. Billy, you got a jam. Uh, Janet, you got a jam. Everyone's clapping. All right, fourth place. Ryan, you get a fourth place. Third place with Mary. Second place with Donnie. And first place goes to whomever. So you're like hanging on every like, okay, we do. Made it through the jams. We're in. All right. Somebody else got fourth. You know, here we go. Third place, okay, I'm first or second. So that's pretty but, cool. But, but so you, at that point, you kind of like know that you, you don't, I don't know Jack. So great question. And I feel like that's going to come in my recap of like my quote unquote field trial career. If you'll let, let me kind of roll. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just, so I'm just, so in, in, you're good. So in, in the, that's how they award it, right? Where at an AKC hunt test, it's just, they list off everyone who passes starting from dog one to dog 66. So they just go in order on your dog number. In my career of running field trials, like my whole career, I'll, I'll kind of recap it because it really sets the tone. First one I ran, a lot of losing to go into. A lot it. of losing. <laughs> the first one I ran was with Memphis when she was like maybe two or three. 
I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't. I just knew that she marked really well and ran far. And I feel like that as I've kind of gotten into this, there's a lot of folks who haven't ran them. They're like, my dog loves to run long marks. It's going to be good at this. It's not that simple. So long story short, she bombed in the first series. I hung it up and built my business and focused on duck dogs and the AKC hunt test world, junior, senior, master hunters. Um, fast forward, I didn't even touch another field trial until Idaho. Idaho Master National was two years ago, two and a half. Yeah. So last year was 2022. So 2021, Idaho Master Nationals, like a week or two, probably two or three weeks later, me and Blaine go to an owner handler queue in Kentucky. So this is the second queue I've ever ran. Oh, and all right. Remind me, second queue I ever ran. Let me backpedal to the field trial explanation again, because I only kind of talked about the first or fourth place thing. There's a derby, and a derby is dogs under two years old. Once they hit two years old, they age out. You're not allowed to run it if it's two years old and three, two years and three days old, you're out. And it's typically 98% of the time doubles, land and water, four series, and they're hard. They're not just a hand-thrown double in your backyard. These are monster doubles, land and water. Dogs need to stay in the water, swim far. I mean, it's hard. I've never ran one. Then you've got the Q. And qualified all age basically stands for if you can do this, aka the Q, if you can do this, then you're eligible to go run an open. And an open is for pros and amateurs to compete against each other. Best of the best, best dog wins. The amateur is only amateurs are allowed to run. A pro could train your dog, but you have to run the dog. Again, they're all four series. They can have four marks. You know, it, it's just difficult and crazy good competition. I've never ran one of those either, but maybe it'd be fun to set that as a goal for next year or the following year. So when you see titles on a dog's pedigree, FC is a field champion. They have won and scored enough points in an open to become an FC. If you see AFC, that's amateur field champion, and they've won and scored enough points in the amateur. Now, I don't know the rules well enough because I'm not an amateur, so I never really cared to care, but I think if an amateur wins the open, it becomes an AFC. I'm not sure if there's a point thing for that either, but long story short, do your own Google research. Leave a comment in our comment section if I'm an idiot. And then, so qualified all ages, basically like... Mm, young dogs that are looking to go run the open and the amateur. And if you qualify, then you're qualified to run the all-age stakes. So this is big dog stuff, but in terms of field trials, it's like senior hunter. So you got derby, that's like your junior hunter. Qualified all-age is like your senior hunter. Master hunter is like your open and amateur all-age. Crazy to think that I've worked for 13 years training dogs and professionally for like nine, and I. I still have in those folks' eyes a senior hunter. It's pretty eye-opening, but pretty cool. All right, so let's get back into my story as like dabbling in this field trial world, right? So me and Blaine and uh, a couple buddies, Jeff and Austin, I was drawing a blank on his name, went to Kentucky. It's owner-handler queue. So what that means is you got to own the dog. It can't be me bringing Ben's dog, Hunter, I don't own Hunter. I can't run Hunter in an owner handler queue. I can run Memphis and I could run Cruz. I co-own Cruz. She's my dog. 
Mama Crew. And about 14 other dogs, in fairness. You do have a sled dog team. Yeah, we could run the Iditarod. Andy? You could have tried to run Andy? I would love to run Andy in a grouse walking trial. Like, a, that would be sick. I didn't even know they had those. Oh, she'd clean house. And by that, I mean probably get laughed at, but that's okay. For me, she's the best dog. She's the best. All right, here we go. So Memphis and Cruz, this is the second queue I've ran. Technically, I would say even the first, because the first one, we didn't even, we picked up one bird. Like Memphis didn't even get to run it. She picked up one bird and had no clue where the other two were. So first series of that queue, it was a triple on land. Long bird was eating their butts. Memphis front-footed it. And what I mean by front-footed is she ran a direct beeline and put her two paws on that duck and picked it up. Bunch of other dogs were fading towards one of the other gunners and, you know, just hacking it up or having to be handled. Cruz made a mistake, went to the other gun. I stopped her, gave one cast, and she ran straight to that bird and picked it up. No other handles, just like, oh, my bad. I remember where to go. Boom, nailed it. No hunt, nailed it. So, Cool. They get called back to the second. And now, again, I've never done this. So I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm nervous as can be. Like, butt pucker, you can't, you just hang on tight. Hope they see him. Work on making sure the dog sees him. Like, but as soon as you say their name, they've got to do the work. Second series was a land blind. The land blind was like 300 plus yard, and they had to run past the live flyer crate with ducks in it. Okay, so now there's no gun stations out there. There's no gunners. There's nobody standing out there, but they've got orange crates right next to the line to the blind full of ducks. That's a that's a serious factor. And Miss Cruz, little known fact, knows how to open those sons of guns. Get out. Oh, man. On a live flyer day, she would be digging at them to get that door to slide open. She freaking loves, like goes as if you're on crack coat. <laughs> know that. Oh, yeah, dude. She just eyes roll back in her head and she's just like live birds right here in this box. I can get them all. And so she'll like scratch at them and dig at it and has popped it open. So I'm like, well, Cruz is out. She's just going to run a beautiful blind until she hits that crate and go, hey, hey, yeah. 20 of them. Let me get them all. Exactly. Nope. Both of them smoke it. Really? Yep. That's that's almost too bad because it would have been a good story. Can you imagine being a, been extremely yeah, somewhat, that would have been pretty funny for everybody else. Be like, damn, that dog just let $50 in ducks go. <laughs> Yellow more than that. So, uh, so smoke it. So I'm sitting there going, you know, I don't know where I'm, I'm watching every dog run. I know Memph did really well. I know Cruz handled, but I feel pretty good that we're like doing well. I don't know. I'm in first or second or third. I just know we're doing well. So when I would pull Memphis out, the whole gallery would come and watch. The gallery, meaning everyone there running their dog and family and whatever, they'd all come and watch. And Blaine goes, you know why you're drawing a crowd? I go, no. I didn't even pay attention. I was so nervous. I was pooping my pants. Let's be honest, everyone. I was pooping my pants. You zipper down? He goes, it's because you and Memphis are probably in first place. Yeah, like, exactly. Sure. Okay. On accident. On accident. It's just happening. <laughs> so now it's like, I wish he didn't even tell me. We go to run the water blind. That's the third series. Memphis smokes a water blind. Cruz kind of hacked it up, but finished strong. So like the first few casts were choppy and then held a down the shore, you know, line to the blind, got out, ran and picked it up. So I'm like, ah, she's probably out. Again, this is not pass fail. At a hunt test, she'd have smoked it. It was good enough to pass a hunt test. But when you're going against everybody else's blind, 
if someone too whistled it and the dog did perfect, you know, take a, you can do good, but good isn't good enough. You got to be the best. Just trying to paint that picture for everyone. Like you can show up and crush it and not crush it enough. You can feel so good about what you and your dog did. And if 10 other dogs did it better, you're out. And it's not because you did poorly. You just didn't do well enough. So I ended up walking away with a third place and a jam with Cruz. So Memph got third. Cruz got a jam in my true first queue, technically second. Felt amazing. Fast forward, uh, you know, probably another two years, right? Because uh, last summer I kind of took a sting at it, a, a run at it because of COVID and Master Nationals. I wasn't going to Master Nationals in Oregon. And so I had Memphis, Hunter, Lizzie, Aries, Quinn. Five dogs, I, get, I think. Hey, how about that Kent Cartridge, baby? They got that fast steel 2.0. If you're not in the market for bismuth, I get it. But fast steel 2.0 is a great option for you and your dog to get more ducks in the bag. Strap them up, strap them in. Kent fast steel 2.0. Let's go. From the duck blind to the holding blind, baby, it's Purina. The food that fuels the truck of lone duck. The big dogs are eating the 3020 Purina Pro Plan Sport. We do the chicken blend. I've also had friends that have super success on the salmon blend, but it's a great food to fuel the athlete that gives you their all. So why don't you give them your all? Feed Purina. I'm gonna I'm gonna get to Lizzie because we're gonna end up running out of time if I digress on every cue. But Quinn's getting fourths like repeatedly. Aries got a jam. Lizzie got a reserve jam. I'm basically going to every field trial and placing and getting jams with two of the five dogs I'm running. And pretty quickly, I realized that Memphis was getting too old and sore to be doing this kind of pounding. So I think after the first one, she stopped running and it was just Hunter, Lizzie, Aries, and Quinn. Side note, is Mem doing Master National this year? As of today, yes. If she, if she comes up lame or is too sore to do it, I'll pull her. But as of now, she's signed up and going to go. Continue. So, like I said, I'm going to these things and I'm knocking on the door. I'm, I'm in the final four. I'm, I'm getting it. But I'm getting, a, I wouldn't say frustrated because a lot of people work their whole training career to get a ribbon, let alone a first place. And so I'm not, I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just as a competitor. And I hope you look at me as a competitor. Like my competitive spirit says, pulls a Ricky Bobby. If you ain't first, you're last. And so it's like, I'm, I was really proud of that first third place. I was really proud of that fourth place with Quinn. I was really proud of Lizzie and Aries jams. Now I want to win. I'm there. These dogs are there. I want to win. I'm tired of getting something other than first place. And if you get first or second place in a queue, you become qualified all age. So that little QAA at the end of their uh, pedigree or like their you know registered name. So it'd be like Lone Ducks, Queen of Graceland. That's Memphis. It'd be Lone Ducks, Queen of Graceland, MHQAA. So I still have not done it. So this year, the first trial I ran, Quinn came into heat. I ran Boogie, Hunter, Lizzie. Boogie went to the... Th second series and went out on the land blind. Hunter went to the water blind in the third series and went out on the water blind and Lizzie got third. And again, I'm knocking on the door. I, and actually I thought 
plus a few other pros were there and they're like, man, you got first or second. Like she stomped it. Good for you. So I'm like, wow, I did it. I freaking allowed myself to believe it before they handed out ribbons and sure as shit. They said third place and Lizzie's name. And I was like, damn, thought I had it. And so I like that at that point was the highest I got or well, Memph got a third, but Lizzie got a third. Like, but I felt like I just had it and then they just barely took it away. So about two or three weeks later, we run another one. We went down to Pennsylvania and I had Quinn, Boogie, Hunter, and Lizzie. Everybody but Lizzie went out in the first series. They could not dig out the short retired gun. And I think they lost 19 or so dogs in the first series because of that one bird. Just kicked their butt. And Lizzie front footed it. I mean, stepped on the flyer, stepped on the short retired gun, punched out, picked up the long bird, bingo, bango, bongo. Three whistled the lamb blind, which honestly wasn't a very hard lamb blind. A lot of dogs, I think everybody did well on it, actually. I don't think anybody like botched it. It was not bad. Third series was a tough water blind. She's pounding it. And I'm saying pounding it. You had to do about a 60 yard run, get in the water, get onto a point back in the water, swim down the shore, through a channel, and then run about 120 yards and pick up your bird. So she's doing everything perfect, gets out, is running a straight line towards the freaking bird. And I thought she was on it. She put her face down on the ground, like in depth perception at that distance. It's like, she's there. She was not there. And I'm, I mean, I, I didn't look away, but all of a sudden it was like split second. She's 10, 15 feet to the right. I'm like, tweet. I thought you were there. Cast her over. She was probably 20 yards short, maybe broke down in um, drag back. Who knows? But she was short. But at that distance, it, she just, she wasn't there yet. But all of a sudden, it's like, poof, she's gone. Tweet, cast her over. Tweet, cast her over. Tweet, cast her over on the bird. So she took every cast. It wasn't a complete screw up. But now I'm thinking, damn, I just left room for somebody else to slide on it. So I watch a bunch of other dogs. Everybody does pretty good. Some of them botch it up and they're out. Go to the fourth series, and I think they took nine dogs to the fourth series. Water triple. And shoot, man, I, I think I was the second to last dog or third to last dog to run. Maybe second to last dog to run. So I'm watching every single dog. What are they doing? Where are they failing? Where are they succeeding? My buddy, Sean Hager, who works for Steven Durrance, um, he's made 40 plus qualified all-age dogs. I respect the heck out of them. And uh, he's got a dog named Finn that pounds it, absolutely pounds it. But then when you start seeing a bunch of black dogs, you're like, well, did Finn do a good water blind? What did Finn do in the first series? I'm trying to replay all these dogs I've watched. So I don't know what he did. But all I know is in the fourth series, he came out of the water, ran right to the bird. And it's like, huh, okay, so Finn did it. He had another dog and I forget that dog's name, man. I don't know. And he did a good job. I think he hunted the long bird a little bit, but but picked it up nice. Sean Sims, who's like well known in the field trial game for kicking butt with golden retrievers, taking young dogs and developing really, really strong young dogs. He's there and he's got maybe two or three dogs in there too. And they're like, they're just making little bobbles, but they're doing well. Little bobble here, little bobble there. I'm like, all right. So I know Sean's probably in first. Sean's probably in second. Excuse me. Sean Hager, first, probably second. Sean Sims in third. I don't know where Lizzie's at, but she comes up to the line and goes, whap, whap, whap. I mean, didn't deviate from the line to the bird. 
And I got off the line. I'm like, my heart is pounding. You got to do the honor and you're not allowed to talk to the dog on the honor. So I'm like, don't break, baby. Don't break. You know, all these things after doing so good could go so wrong. And it just was an amazing feeling. But I don't know what place she's in at all. Like one through four. I know she's in one through four. Got to be. Everybody like of the nine dogs, I think only two, Lizzie included Lizzie and and Finn stepped on all those birds. So it's me and Lizzie, first or second. So you can kind of have a But I thought that in the one three weeks I mean, before. You can kind of be smart. Third, right. Well, I just mean like you can kind of tell, like, well, you weren't nine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you weren't, you know, whatever. Like you, you kind of have a good I knew I was in one through four. I there was no no doubt in my mind one through four. But, you know, I don't know until they start handing them out. So they start with the jams. And big shout out to my friend Beth, Beth and her dog Pee Wee. And we've had her uh girlfriend Molly. Oh, yeah. Molly yeah, Bowen's yeah. been on the podcast. Pee Wee, that's um, a good dog name. It's a great dog name. Semi related to Prairie. Same so Prairie's grandpa and Pee Wee's dad are the same dog. Gotcha. Name's Hammer and Hank. But long story short, Pee Wee got a jam. It was Beth's first, like going all the way through a field trial, going to the fourth series, doing well in the fourth series, and he got a jam. So I was super proud to like be there and a part of that. Yeah, that rules. Yeah, epic. She was like, see, it's just an amazing feeling. Like we pour our hearts and souls into working like daylight till dark doing this and to have a goal in your head and like to hit it. There's nothing like it. So. They go through the jams. They say fourth place. And I think Sean got fourth. No, no. I don't know who got fourth. But there was a, a lady there with a golden retriever that got a placement. Then they say Sean Hager's name. Then they say Sean Hager's name. And I'm like, holy sh- Lizzie got first. And it was oh, like I was shaking. Like adrenaline, nerves, shock. Couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it did, you know, a second place would have been amazing, would have been the highest I've done, would have still been qualified all age. And I would have been respect, like I would respect that. I would have respected it a ton. Lizzie got first. And so out of 37 or 39 dogs that ran the queue, she beat them all. We beat them all. And it was a different feeling than passing the Master National. It was a different, and the, passing the Master National is an amazing feeling. But to go there, And over the course of like, I've always had this like imposter syndrome or like, I don't know, I want to say this without sounding like a toolbox, but you know, I'll get ragged on for being on YouTube and Instagram and podcast and people don't necessarily, or my competitors and peers, some of them don't look at me like the real deal. And I'm not saying I am. I'm just saying this to me, this accolade proves that whoever can hit this is like, damn, you did a good job. You can't fake that. You can't fake it. And sometimes people on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube can fake it. They can do it with one dog and look really good with one dog, or they can do it with three dogs and look really good with three dogs. This is, this is one of those moments where it's like, to all those people who said I couldn't, to all those folks who thought I was just an Instagram schmo, there you go. Me and Lizzie did it. And I trained Lizzie since she was six months old. Nobody else touched her. Nobody else did anything. I collar conditioned her. I force fetched her. I did her tea pattern. I taught her to run blinds. I taught her to run water blinds. I taught her to pick up a triple. I can look in the mirror and not brag about it. I'm not bragging about it. It's like 
I feel like I'm allowed to be proud because I may go another three years without having a dog get there to first place. I might get a bunch of thirds and fourths and jams, but it takes a real dog to go and win one. And so I, I'm going to enjoy it for a second and I'm going to be proud to, to call Lizzie one of the dogs on my truck and one that I've built from the you know ground up. And uh, so one of the things I want to do, and I'll let you start asking me some questions before we've got to go, is I want to give a shout out to Lizzie's owner, Elizabeth. Um, she's from Virginia, freaking sweetest woman in the world. She didn't hunt. She had not, you know, hadn't shot shotguns. I had trained obedience for her and her siblings, a, a group of dogs down in Charleston. And then she gets Lizzie. And he's like, well, I'll just do her obedience. And I'm like, oh, Lizzie's pedigree is pretty stacked. You want to do, you know, teach her some stuff? Yeah, go for it. Well, then she gets a junior hunter and she's like, this is kind of cool. Like, what's a junior hunter? And I explain it and she's still, and I'm not belittling Elizabeth. She just didn't know. So this woman is like investing in me and her dog. And her, the only thing she cares about is, is Lizzie having fun? To answer it, you watch that dog run and you, you know, you bet your bottom <laughs> dollar, dude. Every day yeah. he comes out ready to go, having fun and is good at it. So she passed every junior test. She passed every senior test. She passed every master test. She's failed one. I just looked her up. She's passed 10 master hunter tests. She failed one. And it was this spring on an in route diversion bird, poison bird on the way to a blind in the third series after being clean the whole time. Like, a little bit tricky, if you will. That's the only one she's ever failed. She's going to the Master National this year. She's gotten a reserve jam, a third place, and now a win in four trials. She's ran four, maybe five trials and has crushed. This dog is consistent, smart, hardworking, excellent at marking, trainable, and kudos to Elizabeth for allowing Lizzie to reach her potential. And I don't know where that potential is going to end. I hope it's not yet. I hope it's not QAA, Master National Play, and that's it. Because she could do a lot of cool stuff in her career and she loves going to work every day. But big kudos to Elizabeth and thanks to her for letting me do this with her dog because it's it's super, super cool. A lot of people... She's a good luck charm for you. Oh, she's bad to the bone. So a lot of people ask Lizzie's uh, pedigree. So I'm going to read that to you real quick. So the sire, the dad, is Sikkim on a chicken, master hunter, master <laughs> national pretty hunter, good name. and qualified all age twice. So QA2, that means you've gotten a second or two firsts or whatever. Like you can't get second and second and be QA2. It's two firsts or a second and a first type of deal, if I'm correct with that. Then... Her mother is Redgate's Mac and Cheese, awesome, Master Hunter, bred by our good friend Lyle Steinman. He's been on the podcast like three or four times, and uh, just a badass little black dog, man. She had one litter. I don't know if we're going to have another. I guess if I get overwhelming, I want a Lizzie puppy requests, maybe Elizabeth and I can sit down and contemplate doing that. It's not a, it was not really Elizabeth's goal to do it. Her first litter had like four or something, four or five. And uh, so I don't know if she will. But if you want a Lizzie puppy, I guess I would say hit me up in the DMs and be willing to put money down to make Elizabeth feel like it's the real deal and just not a bunch of, you know, high fives. And wouldn't that be cool? 
Yeah, exactly. Like you actually got to want one and be ready for one for her to jump in, I would say, verse like that would be cool. Sign me up. And then when I call you, you're like, nah, I'm out. I found one in the newspaper. Um, Hey, LoneDuckOutfitters.com is another great way to support the show. If you want to get a hat, you want to get a little swaggy swag, check it out. LoneDuckOutfitters.com. That's another place you can support the show and show up to a hunt test repping the gear. All right, I'm going to let you rattle off some questions. We got about 11 more minutes until we got to jump on our Patreon happy hour, which, quick shout out, patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. You've got about two weeks until we announce the winner of the all-inclusive, almost all-inclusive duck hunt trip with me, Kevin, and other Patreon people. Anyone who's a Patreon member can it is automatically entered to win. For as little as five bucks a month, you get one-on-one help from me. You get entered to win this hunt. You get some gear giveaways, you get happy hour, beers, me answering questions, all that jazz. Join the community, patreon.com forward slash under coffers. All right, Kevin, ask away with some, you had asked me via the chat about hunting with Elizabeth. So didn't you go hunting with Elizabeth one time? Mentioned she's not really much of a hunter, but she came up to hang out for a couple days. Yeah. So basically what happens with Lizzie is Elizabeth will take her home for the winter. Oh, I kind of digress too. So pre-Lizzie, never hunted. Post-Lizzie, she joined a a hunting club where she can quail hunt and pheasant hunt and tower shoots and really plays. Good for her. Yep. Learned how to shoot shotguns, all that jazz, and has taken Lizzie on all those kind of hunts and like cleaned the place up. Like people were like, oh my God, look at this dog. She's like, yeah, you know, it's freaking (laughs) hilarious. So super cool that Lizzie has introduced her into the hunting world and firearm world. Um, But basically she drops her off in the springtime and or our winter trip. And Lizzie stays with me throughout the year and then goes home for hunting season and winter break and holidays. And so, and she doesn't live close to me like seven, eight hours. So it's not like she can just bop up here for a weekend and hang out or bop up here on a Tuesday after work and see her dog. She's trusting that I'm taking care of her. She's trusting that I'm training her. And like until this summer had never even seen a hunt test. So all these accolades that Lizzie has accumulated just sound cool. She doesn't know what they are, how hard they are or what other dogs are running it and whatnot. So she, so up, up until this summer, correct. So this July, she hauled Bud up here and got to watch Lizzie run in a master test. Absolutely had the time of her life. Like so proud of her little dog. Just the coolest thing to share. Again, it opened up the world to her and freaking badass to to show her what her dog is capable of. And even as I'm saying that, it means she doesn't even understand the cue, right? Like the the fourth series Longbird was 360 yards. That's a three and a half football fields through a pond to go and get. And she stepped on it after picking up two other birds. And so like you know, to go and watch your dog compete like that is super cool. And anybody who maybe sends their dog to a a trainer should think about, you know, go and watch them do their thing. It's, it proves that the guy or gal who's training your dog is doing their job, but it's also like, you should be proud of that damn dog. They're working hard every day. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So really neat. But anyways, you asked about Elizabeth hunting. I'm digressing all over the board, but Elizabeth, uh, one fall came to pick up Lizzie and it was deer season and I've got a big stand where two people can hunt out of it. So I'm like, Hey, want to go drink two beers and uh, sit till dark. And she's like, I would love to. 
Like, yeah. All right. We're going to go do it. I mean, it's, it's like a 500 yard walk from my house. Maybe, maybe further. Like it's my backfield back corner. So, you know, we get done training, had a great day and we go, we like, we packed a couple snackies and we just kind of sat in the stand BSing and I ended up getting a dough and she was there for me with it and was like, this is, you came over and we like cleaned it and butchered it and she's hanging out with us while we're doing this stuff. And she had never done it before. She's like, this is the greatest weekend ever. (laughs) She came up for like a weekend vacation and got a full, uh, full tour of yeah got a full experience training dogs hunting deer and hanging out at lone de chateau we're all inclusive here you know cool. always brings me a little moonshine <laughs> i think andy ate one of the dog toys that she brought did. To andy shredded one of lizzie's toys so you know just a sorry Elizabeth. amazing person amazing dog an amazing accomplishment that i'm very proud to have earned um you know, it'll go down as one of the more memorable things I've done in my career. I would say Ember passing the first Master National. I mean, Memphis did too, but I was so stressed out about Ember. And, you know, like let's say Memphis had to run at 5 p.m. the night before. Ember was in the holding blind ready to go and they called it until the next day. So I had I didn't even get a chance to celebrate Memphis passing because I had to like literally sleep on it until the next day. Yeah. Stress over it. Yeah. And stress over it. So that was a unbelievable feeling and an accomplishment. This will be, this would, this would top that. This would top that for me. So I hope to do it more. I hope that, uh, the dogs that I have in the kennel and training are up for it. I got a bunch of young dogs that, you know, we've bred that are in for the long haul to try and reach this accomplishment. And I hope more people like Elizabeth that maybe want this master hunter qualified all age goal i hope they come to me and trust that over the course of a couple of years can build them a dog of this caliber like elizabeth trusted me so bad to the bone thank you all for listening thank you all for supporting you know me as a person me as a trainer me as the guy you know who helps you out on this podcast and on instagram and youtube i appreciate it more than you all know i'm glad to be able to help I'm glad that the stuff we put out there is helpful uh, to help you and your dog reach your goals. Because I know when I started, I leaned on people. And back then, we didn't have Patreon. Back then, YouTube really didn't exist. So it was DVDs and books and uh, and retriever clubs. And we just, you know, I, I just appreciate you all tuning in, supporting us. With that being said, we're going to sign off. Go and jump on our Patreon happy hour and enjoy the evening with our friends over there. If you're interested, like I said, there'll be a link in the description, but we'd love to have you join our Patreon. If you enjoy this show, jump on there. Support us. We support you. Any way I can help you, you know I will. Thank you all for your continued support and tuning in. Kev, we'll see you on the happy hour in three minutes. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Hey, do me a solid. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our Instagram, if we've helped you at all, join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. If you do it before September of 2023, you're going to enter to win a hunt with me and Kevin and a bunch of other Patreon members down in Missouri. We're going to smack some ducks, have some fun, do a seminar with our dogs 
and have a great time. But jump into patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. Links in the description and join the community that helps me help you help your dog. Hey listeners, Nick Larson here, host of the Bird Shop Podcast. As fans of this show, you may be interested in the conversations on the Bird Shop Podcast, where we discuss all things upland hunting, from upland birds and their habitat and conservation, to the shotguns, bird dogs, and gear used to pursue them. Whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more, I interview a wide range of guests, each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share. If you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation, please consider subscribing to the Bird Shop Podcast today. Thank you.